0: Hack and release show. My name is Matt and I am joined by my good friend from Nashville Sam Moses. That's me. that's you. That's me. Hey. Today's episode, man, this is like the episode that ha- always has like the most the most listens views, whatever you want to call it the most downloads attention. So you better not mess it up, Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> no so pressure. today, yeah, today's episode is the gear episode for 2022. Woohoo! Um, if you notice a trend at all, I generally have like the last few episodes kind of planned out on what we're going to do. So if you look back, you can probably figure out what the next couple episodes are about. So this is the gear episode. Um, but before we get into this one, yeah. Samuel, Take us into a little bit of housekeeping I'm going to adjust my mic while you're doing that Housekeeping 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 Hello my friends, listener, audience
1: AI (laughs) robots in the future that will go back and listen to our podcast and learn about audio. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being with us uh, for another episode. This is that great, unique time you have to help us out. Screenshot this episode. Screenshot a past episode, if you want, or a favorite episode. Post it on Instagram. Tag me at Moses Mastering. At for the record mastering, we will reshare it, we will cross market, and then we will all grow our community. Y'all have been doing such a great job with that. We are so grateful for it. Truly, truly, truly. Um, the love from the community has been great. We've been learning to individually like more about our audience, who y'all are, and we've formed some friendships, some relationships, some work relationships, and that's been fun this year. And so we'd like to keep that going. Also, one other big help thing would be a review. A review on uh, Apple would be awesome. That actually helps us go very far into the podcast universe we have learned. Um, And so if you have not left a review yet, some stars, review, that would be awesome. It would take you probably one minute or less, unless you forgot your Apple ID, which (coughs) I've done it. And at this stage, you gotta like verify it so many different ways. So that might take you like five minutes. So allow five minutes. If you don't know your password or Apple ID, uh, if you do though, take you like one minute. Leave us a review.
0: Give There's us another some love. Apple ID. What's that? You need it to do. You need it to do anything.
1: I know, but sometimes on updates, software updates, they'll make you type it back in your password. And if you have forgotten it, then you oh. have to reset it. I'm speaking uh. from personal experience. <laughs> and then it wants to, like, if you have multiple Apple devices, you usually have to verify it from a different device. And then once you sign out, oh, then you got to sign in like the other devices because it usually wants to kick you out of every device and then make you re-sign in. And then, of course, every app requires you to have it. So, like, different apps will be like, type in your password again. And it becomes this kind of chain reaction of uh, a blunder for, like, the next week. You're going to be randomly Ugh. typing in your new password. Correct. Anyway... I've done that a few times. Not great. But get us back on track. Housekeeping. Screenshot. Share it. Tag us on Instagram. Apple. Leave us a review. Some stars. We love you. Thank you so much. Housekeeping out.
0: Jeez. So clean. Wax on, wax off. (laughs) Mr. Miyagi style. Mr. So Sam... So, Matt. Is gear necessary to be a good mastering engineer? <laughs> what a great question. Trick question, <laughs> of course it is. Here's the episode. I'm just kidding.
1: You wanted to just answer kidding.
0: that? Um, it was just kind heart? of a joke I had written down. I don't know if anyone laughed. It's a great joke. My timing on the delivery might have been a little weird. It was a little fast. should have gave me a second. I, well, you were going to answer. So <laughs> That's I true. To, I had to. Huh, I should have... I to, well, I should have teed you up instead of Get a, into a
1: like a 12-minute monologue before I get to the <laughs> joke.
0: Yeah, the punchline. It's like, I got to stop you before you get rolling. It's true. Like a freaking snowball. Anyway, because Sam and I talked for an hour and 15 minutes before this episode even mm-hmm. started, mm-hmm. we're going to kind of... We're gonna kinda just get to the sauce of this episode. Great. So here's kinda here's kinda the format I wanna I wanna start for right now. So I want to start as far as what do you have you done anything new this year as far as software is concerned? Like do you do anything new? Is there anything that's kind of been exciting? Is there anything that you use now? Like how is like have you changed, like, your 2022 template um, to include anything new, to look into anything new? What are you doing <laughs> in the software realm, Samuel? What would you say you do here? What do you What do you? What do you actually do? <laughs> I'm good with the people. Is um, the mastering in the room with you right now, Sam? Yes,
1: yes. Um, software, great question. I uh, love software, big fan of it. Helps me do my job, obviously, a DAW. We all use DAWs, so thank you, software people. Um, As far as new software or things I'm doing, I've gotten really into expansion the last year, like expansion compression, uh, expanders in general. And what got me going in this was OTT, which I think I talked about last year's episode. Which is like the multi-band and upward compression expansion. It's a free plug-in. I remember
0: looking this up when you talked about this. Yeah,
1: it's like the and... dubstep compressor. Compressor, like if you mm-hmm. want loud records, like it got famous from like Ableton and Skrillex and all the dubstep people. This would have been like ten years ago, but it's still used all the time. And it's actually a really cool plugin. And so I still recommend that. I was so late to it, just like the last year, discovered it. It's free um, for free, yeah.
0: I'm downloading it
1: right now. <sighs> yeah, it's fun, it can make a real mess of things, you can get real out of balance, uh, quick. But, uh, expansion to me has been a fun thing that not a lot of people talk about. Um, it's a very useful tool I found to bring in energy with super loud records to make things still kind of bounce and kick. Um, when you're at high levels because we we lose transients when we get loud, of course, usually. And uh, you can fake the ear out by giving it some upward expansion, um, upward compression, essentially, and uh, make it kind of bounce again. And so I've been into using like Waves, C6, C4, OTT, um, some stock expanders and Logic, um, what else? Yeah, the multi-band compression in Logic you can do expansion on. Um, sounds pretty good too. They all have a like a, a obviously like a unique uh, way of doing what they're doing, so they all sound a bit different. But that's something over the last year I've found to be kind of like a little uh, life hack of making mm. super loud records still kind of bounce and dance. Um, Still a huge fan of the Tokyo Dawn Gentleman Edition limiter. Uh, that plug-in has so many options in it and the ability to arrange the modular... Modules? Modules? Modulars? How do you say it? Modules. Modules. <laughs> modules? Those are modules. Give them back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just thought that, but that's how it sounds in my head. Um, anyway... That plugin's amazing I've gotten really big into uh, this is so probably should have been into this before but like studying meters <laughs> and uh, I've I've really gotten into studying like where does a song meter once it's at final volume in RMS dynamic range and luffs and any other kind of meters I have and uh, from that I've been really able to I'll say master a song more consistently in theory, by using meters. Um, if you figure out a system and what to look for on your meters, you can, I don't want to say it, but I feel like I can almost master a song without hearing it. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I do like to hear it, of course. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, meters, nothing really special, but the Waves, uh, I think it's WLM meter is a good one. I love the TT meter still which is RMSDR, Logic stock meter is great, um, that they have. So I've kind of been paying more attention to that. Um, what else, what else, what else, what else? I mean, software-wise, something that I've been taking advantage of is like the ability to parallel process. Um, so I've been doing more of that last year. All of this really has to do with like trying to create really loud records, because loudness wars, at least for what I'm still working with pop and whatnot is still a thing. Like people are still making very loud records, meaning compression, meaning more loud more often. And uh, I'm constantly looking for ways to make the record feel bigger, louder, you know, without having to like take decibels off. So I've taken advantage of bussing. I have a, in my template, a bus section, like a template section where if you're mixing or something, it's like an insert where I send the mix to this bus in the box that has different compressors in the box, and EQs in the box, and I can flip those on and off, audition them, and then blend that into the song to taste. Um, I don't have any latency or phase issues thus far, I've noticed, so that's great. Um, but that's something, that would probably be a very new thing for this year that I've been doing software-wise, um, hmm. is taking advantage of routing in software. Um, and kind of manipulating it to see what sounds and tones I can create. And um, yeah, that's kind of like, that's kind of the main things. Like, I'm not going to lie and say a bunch of other stuff. That's really kind of the things I've been, when I think about software, that's where my brain goes of like what I've been doing in 2022. It's like, mm-hmm. focus on expansion, focus on like really studying like meters and how things read on meters, even more so than I had before. And then messing around with like the ability to route and bus and parallel process and blend things to to make cool sounds, louder sounds, whatever, more dense sounds when needed. Um so yeah, that's where I'm gonna start. What about you, Matt? Oh, I'll just say one final thing. I really like Hoffa. <laughs> like Hoffa's nice. Yeah, for like making DDPs and all that. We were on, at least I was on Triumph for a long time till that company got bought or went out of business. Have we never talked it. about Hoffa? I don't think we have, really. But yeah. I like Hoffa a lot. Um, the vinyl on, creation I'm section is list. awesome. Uh, it's so easy to make DDPs, blah, blah, blah. It's just data entry, but they really make it simple. Um, and I've like really quality controlled it, in my opinion, of
0: mm-hmm.
1: making sure stuff's staying exactly where it is when I dump it in and print it out and put it back in the logic to compare, and everything is good to go. So... Hoffa, if you're out there, thank you. That would be a newer thing in the last year that I've used a lot, especially with vinyl. Like, it does a great job with vinyl making sides, making out the, the uh, track list and all that stuff. Super easy. So, thank you, Hoffa. Okay, done. Matt, go.
0: I will say with Hoffa, from somebody who has had the pro version and the non-pro version... Um, there is 100% zero reason to buy the Pro version unless you just want a shit ton of plugins you're never going to use yeah and then it also takes an infinitely longer period of time because it's got to load all those plugins every time yes so like every time you you boot it up it just takes forever and loads all the plugins I do notice that I have the Pro and
1: it does take like a minute to load which doesn't sound like a long time
0: but that's a long time to watch it go when you got stuff to do right yeah So, yeah. Hoffa, Hoffa, however, is great. I've used it for about two years. I think I... I Well, you and I were going through a crisis. Yes. uh, Because Triumph stopped being supported. I got onto Triumph because you were doing Triumph, and I was like, man, this is kind of nice. And I think we were the only two people in the world that ever used it. Yeah. um, Because I didn't see anyone else having much of an issue whenever they kind of went under. And then there was some, like... Company out of Eastern Europe that bought the whole thing, and then they gave us a like a copy of it, and then it never worked right, and then it stopped being supported, and it was just kind of a mess. And I was like, I think I'm going to switch to Hoffa. I don't know what you did in the meantime. You might have gotten it to work. I think you got the old Triumph. You got the you got the newer Eastern yeah. European version of Triumph to work. I remember. Yeah, for a bit. But, like it was kind of weird. My OS. Um, but dude, this is going to sound really weird, but like to mastering engineers, like you're going to 100% understand what I'm saying. But like to everyone else, you're going to be like, "That's kind of a really weird, specific thing to say." The fades and the custom fades that you could do, yeah, on Triumph were the best. Yeah, you, it would just be like the sexiest sounding fades. You could do <laughs> as many fades as you wanted on a track to make whatever kind of fade you wanted. And it was, it was really cool. But then it's like, you do that fade in another program, like Hoffa, and it's like, I mean, it's kind of there, but it's like not as like sexy sounding as Triumph had it. Um, Yeah, you stayed with Triumph and then I went on to Hoffa and I was like, if you ever decide to get off Triumph, I think, I think. I think this is this is the right ticket. Mm-hmm. And I know Frank with Fuselage Mastering, I was talking with I talked with him a lot. Um he was on what was it, like Sonoris or something like that. And he was talking to me about that. I did that for a while afterwards. Um and then I eventually went to Hoffa. And I really love how you can send the DDP player and everything. It's so nice for a client that like you buy you, you and Okay, also say, Hoffa is like a hot mess when you go to like buy a product because they have it all freaking listed out. So you kind of need to go in there and understand what you're going to buy. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to get this. And then you get it, then you download their manager, and then their manager is just like a ton of programs. And it's like, no, I don't want all of this. Like, I, gotta, I just I just want this. And like, But was it this or was it the pro one? I'm a pro. Do I need the pro one? It's like, no, we don't need the pro one. It just says pro, Matt. You don't need the pro one. <laughs> And then you click it and you hope it's the right one. But in my opinion, what you need is you need the DDP play and you need the CD-DDP. The CD-DDP is kind of what you need to make the stuff. And then the DDP play is like you have this DDP player. You can make players for clients. You can preview DDP. And you can also... um, Something that's a huge value add for my clients is you just push an enable button. And if they don't know if they're going to do CDs at any time, but, like, they kind of think they're due, they're not going to do it immediately, um, you just enable a feature that allows them to do a CD burner. And it just turns on a CD burner that's inside of it if they have a CD drive. And now they can make their own little, like, indie CDs for their own, like, little merch table. And that's a pretty big value add, I think, for clients and then for you, it's like you can upload your logo to it. So whenever they upload or bring up their DDP, it's got your logo that pops up. And it's, I don't know, in my once again, it's it's a big value add for me um, in how I deliver for stuff. So anywho, I do recommend Hoffa. I do think it's nice. Um, moving on. I do think there, was it, wasn't there like some type of, was it Hoffa that had some type of integration to where... Something had an integration recently to where you can make DDP as a plugin. Ooh. I was complaining about this in a Gear episode a long time ago. Um, like, why is no one making just a plugin where I can just enter my own metadata? And I'm sorry, not DDP as a plugin. I'm, I've just said DDP too much. Yeah, I know what you're yeah, where you can make metadata just as a plugin that you can put on any DAW, and it just writes to it. Um, it might be Hoff. I can't remember. I'll have to look that up. Maybe I'll get to you back in the next Gear episode. Anywho, new software for me. Did you have anything you wanted to say elsewise? No, no, no. No, go. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Go, go, go. Um, let's see. What's new for me this year? Um, I've talked about it. I don't know if i bought had this bot in the last one um pro r i on stuff that's just like super dry like fab filter pro r just like kind of blending that in as um it's funny how reverb can act as a compressor to a mm-hmm. degree like it just glues things together. That's really nice. Saturn 2, I did buy per the per the recommendation of the last gear episode. I remember we talked about that. Um I really like it a lot. Um I do think it sounds better than like the regular Saturn. I like how there's like quieter or more like conservative modes of distortion, but like you still get the effect, but it's like clean tape or, and like, they had like warm tape and it's like, you put in like a rag over your mouth, (laughs) but then it's like you have like, like the clean version, it's like yeah, sure, I'd love that kind of thing, just like really, really subtle, and uh, you can use it to like really lift things up a little bit Um, let's see I did not get the new Ozone. I typically skip. I normally do every other things. I'm kind of glad I did. The new one kind of looks confusing. I don't really understand. They're trying to turn everyone into a mastering engineer. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Ozone 9 is fine for me. I have no desire to upgrade to 10. I also didn't do Ozone... or I'm sorry. I also didn't do RX 10. I normally skip. I'll normally just do odd numbered versions of it. I guess I skipped 8 and I had 7 last time too. Yeah. Anywho, I would be more apt to a, to upgrade RXs before I would Ozone's for everyone. Mm-hmm. Because RX, it's like, it only gets better as far as functionality is concerned. And as far as, like, your ability to, like, make something more professional-sounding or, like, remove certain weird things. I remember there was, like, this live show where, like, I removed a whole air conditioner from, like, <laughs> this live show. And I was with Rx, ex- and I was, my, my mind was blown. I thought, and it's like, it was removing the air conditioner, but there was also a freaking cello, like, being played, and it didn't touch the cello. Like, I'm talking, like, kind of same, like, registers of the frequency spectrum, and that blew my mind. Um, I did download, I bought that Sontek, that MES 432. I probably should have just demoed it, but I guess I'm, like, a masochist with money or something. Um, is the masochist the one that likes getting beat up? I don't know. I'm not Googling this. I don't want Google <laughs> having that information. Whatever. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, that thing is freaking delicious. Um, it's not like a massive passive where like every frequency sounds fantastic, but it's just a really nice, clean... EQ that if you just need to move some stuff around in really wide ways, um, it's really cool. I saw them post a lot about this in uh, SonTech forums on uh, on the Facebook, and it's uh they they claim it's a faithful representation and that they got uh um what's his name Burgess Burgess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, McNeil O'Neill can't remember. Um, they pretty much got his blessing on the whole thing it 's like the first like sontech plugin that 's like backed by Sontec um, yeah that 's cool let 's see I already handle that stuff, handle that stuff, handle that stuff. I got into those whole like the pulsar things. I do have to say, so let 's talk real quick about Pulsar. Um, this is my hot take. This does not represent like any opinion besides mine. Uh, the massive passive they have, in my opinion, is the closest massive passive I have plug in I have ever heard. Uh, UA's massive, plassi- massive passive um, sucks, horrible. <laughs> um, I think Native Instruments is really good and really close. Pulsar, I think, has like hit the nail right on the head. I think it sounds fantastic. Their very however, while it sounds like the manly very mew, it is freaking schizophrenic in operation. <laughs> um it can't like i will have it on the exact same settings as my very mew cuz i have the real thing and this thing will be like slammed to be jesus and um the needles on mine will not be moving and that won't be slammed to be jesus but like it'll like I'll have signal running through it where there should be no movement of the device because the real device isn't moving. And the plug is just like, here, I'll, I'll, did you just dial in 20 <laughs> decibels of gain reduction? Okay, here you go. And it's like, massive pumping on a classical like piano piece? Sure. And it's just, it's just a hot mess. I can't get it to dial in. I couldn't really figure it out. Um, I'm not really the biggest fan, which means in two weeks I'm going to absolutely love it. <laughs> yes. Um, soft tube I now own all the Weiss stuff I absolutely love it Um, I use that quite a bit Tokyo Don Sam talked me into that Tokyo (sighs) Don limiter the gentleman's edition y'all quit sleeping on it it's freaking awesome Um, as always I'm still using the ATR102 by UAD I really like it I think it's fantastic Um, I'd say the biggest change from this year to last year if you listen to last year episode I was not on the DMG audio train at all. Um I didn't really get it, understand it, or whatever. And I just didn't think I had the time to understand it. I was like, I kid you not, I was just seeing if I could slam A D B into it the other day, just like on a whim without stacking limiters, and you can't hear it working at all. It's and I I mean it was working and it sounded really, really good. I'm not gonna say that's how the final print ended up, but that's I was just curious how much I could slam it before I started hearing stuff, and I was like eight dB. And I was just, and I think I was, t- I was like eight dB on the threshold, and I was taking off. I think four and a half or five dB, and man, I couldn't, I couldn't hear this thing working. So the Limitless is great. Essence is okay. It's a little finicky. I think the Weiss Deesser gets you a little bit closer. But um, let's stop talking about software. <laughs> Um, I think that's all I want to talk about. I'm kind of going through all my lists, and I think that's all I want to talk about. Um, okay. Uh, you, wait, real quick. You said you were messing with meters. What meters are you messing with now? Uh, well, I mean,
1: I'm using the Waves WLM, which has been out okay. forever, and then yeah. the TT meter, which is dynamic range RMS, and then Logic's meters as well. So, yeah. I just pull up Um, like a combination of I like the DRRMS on TT and then Lufs on the waves. I like, but I'm using I'm not I'm using Lufs to tell me what the high end's doing. I don't care about what Lufs is, yeah, (laughs) which we talked about. But I'm using each meter to tell me what the song's doing sonically more than compression or anything. Um, that's a whole other episode
0: yeah I look at loves and I'm like what the hell does that number mean right. um it, it really has no bearing on what I do what I will say though is I use um what is it the Brainworks meter uh huh I have that one out all the time I really like kind of like the dynamic range meter on it yeah um that's kind of nice for letting me know like what I have to work with still. And then I use the Klangheim, mm-hmm. uh, the V-U-M-T. Um, I don't know if it's pronounced that or the V-U-M-T. I uh, watched a video where it was called the I I don't <laughs> think it's called the V-U-M-T because normally you produce, v- you just, you say V-U. And so it's like, okay, V-U-M-T is kind of my guess. I don't know. Um But I use that. I like it a lot. I only use it in RMS mode. However, I have noticed that every meter registers things differently. Mm -hmm. And so the VUMT is not always accurate to... And this is why I use two meters. It's not always accurate, and it reads the tune a little bit different than the BrainWorks meter. But if I need the most reliable meter I've ever used in my life... Even if I'm using the Limitless, I will break out the FabFilter Pro L2. I will turn it as much off as I can, and I will use that meter. Because it is, to my opinion, the most true and accurate meter that that thing has. And I'm not talking... I mean, I I don't know about LUFS and all that stuff, but as far as like RMS tracking and everything goes, the meter on the FabFilter Pro L2, in my opinion, is still the like one of the best meters out there. Um, I mean, even this morning, I pulled out that meter just to be like, or that limiter, just to, just for the meter, then I turn it off for the print. Um, so yeah, getting into analog, I do recommend a VU meter. Um, I think I can make a pretty solid case for a VU meter. Um, for me, at least, it helps me get to a better... It helps me get to... A final product a lot quicker because I know where the references were kind of hitting on the meter as far as like the loudness or whatever is going, the mean loudness with RMS and whatnot, um, and I, I I I don't I highly recommend if you can get a uh, an analog VU meter for me it just it just Gets me to where I need to go. Mine's a B and B Systems. It's got a little oscilloscope with it that can show me phase correlation. I have left and right channel, and then a summed one in the middle, or I can use an aux for that. I like it a lot. I couldn't recommend it more. I know McCurdy has the. Um, it's like the ATS one hundred that you. It's like it's an old testing thing. It's a, McCurdy is a Canadian company, and you can dial it up. I think to like uh, to. Um, what is it like minus four or something like that for the calibration for zero? Um, I have all my stuff at set at set at minus seven, and I think that's fine for the range that I typically use. Um, so if you do look up the McCurdy stuff, it's kind of, you find, kind of feel like a creeper because there was an actress named Jeanette McCurdy, and you pretty much get like all these random autographed signs of her when you look it up on eBay. <laughs> so that's kind of weird, and you feel weird looking that up. But I mean. I I kind of want one of those meters, so I might pick one of those up. Uh, the meter, not the signed autograph. Um, <laughs> so, and there are a handful of other people who do make meters, but I highly recommend it. Um, they're kind of fun, and uh, I, at least for me, that when when I need just tactile things, it just helps me get to where I want to go quicker than. Like, on the screen. And plus, it's, like, embedded in my desk. And so, it's like, yeah, I just look here. I don't even have to look at the computer. Um. Anyway, let's get into hardware a little bit. Mm-hmm. Are you doing anything new from last year as far as hardware is concerned? No. <laughs> End of the episode. Cue the music.
1: I, I haven't bought new hardware in a couple of years now. And uh, I just haven't... I haven't needed to, thankfully. There's no... Itch that can't be scratched. I also own a good amount of gear now at this stage in my quote unquote career. So mm-hmm. there's of course pieces I see every once in a while that I'm like, hmm, wonder what that would do. But at the master tube API, yeah, I didn't even get around to it. I read the reviews, which were actually pretty good, but I just after kind of looking over, and I'm like, this probably won't be like master quote-unquote mastering grade, or like what I wanted Mm -hmm. to really do for recall and whatnot. So, I didn't even dabble with it. um, Because I was just like, if I was tracking or engineering, I'd for sure be buying this, but for mastering, I just couldn't find that it would be something I could go to all the time. Um, The stuff I'm curious about is more so like Sontech or like vintage pieces, but I don't want to, like, we talk about all the time, like, about buying one of those, you and me, Matt, or something, and then you have to, like, figure out the tech stuff, and, like, what happens when it breaks, and I don't want to, like, deal personally with that, because I, I feel like if I started using it, I would love it, which is great, but then, like, if it ever goes down, if that becomes, like, such a part of my sound, which is part of, like, why I haven't changed anything in my gear, mm-hmm. is, like, the pieces of gear I have seem to all be like rock solid knock on wood and I could in theory rebuy them outside of like the vintage Pultex, but cause they're probably got some unique stuff going on for the, the age of them but the um, overall like everything I have if I was ever in a pickle I could probably <clears throat> pick it back up or get like one rented quickly to replace it And so, I figured out, like, I'm in, like, a a stress-free analog world, I'll say, at this stage. (laughs) Like, I don't own anything that's that quirky, like, owning, like, an SSL console that, like, a channel goes bad randomly every other day and then comes back to life the next day. Um, So, I haven't bought anything because I'm kind of very, I'm very satisfied with what I have. Also... If I was to pick up that vintage piece of whatever or go for like a real fair child at some point or something, I just know I won't probably be able to depend on it. And that freaks me out mm. um, that some weeks it'll work and then some weeks it might not work. And I don't like thinking about being dependent on that as a professional. Maybe like someday I'll buy it for fun. Whatever that means, but I like the older I get, and I made like an Instagram video on this like yesterday about like professionals are consistent. And the older I get, the more I want dependability within my process. I want predictability, and I want tools that like I know I can depend on every day to just be like workhorse things. Um, so yeah, that's one of the reasons why I haven't bought anything new um, because I just really like the setup I have, and I know it works. I know I can pretty much take on any potential problem with the setup I have and the amount of options I have now. And uh, I don't have a fear of, like, if something needs repaired, I could easily rent something or just, if it ever hit the fan, I could buy a new unit, probably, of the thing. So, um, So, yeah. So, I haven't really done anything different outside of hardware, like, I did buy the Olo headphones. I'm going to say that was this year, I think. Mm
0: -hmm. The
1: beginning of this year. Maybe it was the end of last year. I can't remember. This year has been a blur with having a baby. But um, if you want to call that hardware, they're like the only headphones I've fallen in love with. Like I really enjoy listening to music when I'm on the road with them. Sometimes if I'm traveling, I'll use them to reference things. I found them translate extremely well. Um, I've shot them out against other high-end headphones, which I'll say probably, in my opinion, sound better, but don't translate as well. Which is just weird. Maybe I got like a special OLO pair, but I'm like obsessed with these headphones and the way they. They sound in the way, if I need to master something with them on the fly, spend times where I've mastered on my laptop with them, um, or like the baby's sleeping, and even though I have pretty much a sound soundproof room, if I want to make sure that the one-hour effort we just put into of nap time doesn't go to waste, <laughs> then i hmm. pop on the headphones and start working in there. Um, had no issues with them. So, uh, is it my preferred way to work? No, but are they freaking sweet? Yes. Um, do I trust them? Yes. So, yeah, that's probably the newest thing addition would be like, you know, finding headphones I finally actually like and think sound good and actually translate really well. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of
0: my hardware journey. Why don't, for the people who are new to the podcast, because I know like, Every year we gain like a bunch of followers. Yeah. Um, why don't you just kind of run down your current rig? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, well,
1: it starts with everything's running off of MacBook Pro. Uh, just like two years old MacBook Pro. Uh, fully spec'd out in theory. And then next is the Lynx Helo as my converter, which I've had for many a year now. Still love it. Super clean. Uh, that goes out to the Barefoot 01s that are on Uh, Sound Anchor stands, and I mentioned the stands because they are a game changer um, to Mm. any monitor. It's like putting great tires on a Ferrari. Uh, You get the full performance out of them. So, that's kind of that setup. It goes out. I have the BetterMaker Mastering Limiter. Uh, I have 1970s Pultec Solid States with the API Gain Stage uh, and the Triad Transformers from the 60s. Uh, I have Yuri, a pair of 1176 uh, Blackface limiters. Uh, They're stereo pair. I have the SSL, uh, the VHD preamps, which are in the 4-rack. It's like the SSL Logic, which you wouldn't necessarily use for mastering, but they sound like an SSL console when you push them, so I like them. And they're sitting right underneath the Stam uh, G-Comp, which I like that over the SSL G-Comp because it doesn't as you boost the makeup gain on the Stam, shout out to Stam, uh, on the SSLG Comp, it thins it out a bit on the low end. On this, you do not get that if you need to boost uh, makeup gain. So, that's cool. Uh, massive Passive, Silver Face Edition, the OG one, it's still alive and kicking. Overstayer MAS, Rotary Mastering Edition, TubeTech LCA 2B, which is the limiter and compressor. It is TubeTech's take on a Fairchild Um, with the preset attacks and releases Uh, it's pretty freaking sweet I have uh, still the Mastering Labs Saks Brothers API op amps that I can drive into and out Uh, still have the Black Lion AMCHA uh, EQ Mastering EQ they made for a few years it's awesome, it has vintage Synmag transformers and a modded power supply I had done so it can take more headroom basically Um, give me more headroom not take more still have some 500 series the Alicia Expressor uh, comp Hmm. which is awesome Um, pair of DBX compressors EQs Joe Meek compressors Uh, more vintage stuff have the CBS uh, multi-band compressor from like the 60s it's very cool had it modded the power supply is modded on it so it's clean and can take more headroom as well or take more voltage then i have the old Sure. um i gotta look at the model here i can't even see it the Sure uh vintage eqs that were modeled after poltex i have those um i have an exr what's it called psycho acoustic exciter um which is like an apex exciter and then i also have an apex exciter rack unit too and then i have my Duro meters. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all that's racked up. I have loft limiters from the 70s, but they're in the crawl space. I have an old Yamaha stereo queue that's in the crawl space. They're not hooked up. And then I have, like, some random pre stuff that's nothing to write home about when I first started. And that is the rundown. <laughs> it's a, a lot.
0: Quite the rundown.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh for those listening, it took me like eight years to acquire all that um I've been doing this for like twelve years, so started from nothing in the box if you're a new listener with just laptop and uh I had Yamaha five monitors, no gear had an inbox, and that's how we started and now we are here many moons later. So that's my gear rundown. That's why I'm saying all that again out loud. I'm like, yeah, I'm not buying anything. (laughs) 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 Like, we're just fine over here. So anyway, I'm grateful to have these tools. Um, I do feel like at this stage, they're an extension of me and what I'm able to give to clients, but also love software. Software keeps getting better. So, I mean, I think Matt and I kind of joke, like, I wish software would get to be as good as analog because I would love to sell all this <laughs> and buy a beach house so if the, if the software ever gets to be as good which I don't know if it ever will if we keep changing formats and whatnot, then software might be more applicable to what we need to do um, to where analog gear might just not be like the right tool at all but that's I think a little ways away anyway, gonna end it there Matt, why don't you give a
0: rundown <laughs> um... unless you don't want to <laughs> I'll give a rundown, then I'll go over some new stuff. Well, I guess I'll go over the new stuff. So, last Gear episode, I completely forgot to talk about the API 2500. I have the Plus. Um, uh, If you, like, really want just, like, that thwack that it has, I can't recommend it enough. Is the Plus worth it? You essentially get three more functionalities with it. So I 100% recommend the Plus. Also, like I think you're going to get a greater value. Um, I think you get a better resale value with it as well if you ever did want to sell it. But I can't recommend it enough. I'm not going to say that I bought it for because I master this stuff for a band that I wanted more thwack from. <laughs> Um, but I totally like remastered their stuff and was like, Hey, I, I, I have something cause I got a new toy and I just wanted to show you some other masters with it. Um, here's your 11 song record again. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, Holy shit. And I was like, yeah, I know. Um, but it's, it's fantastic. It's not on everything because it's like a tone They're Like it, it's a thing, but it's funny because it's just a testament to how I run stuff so much differently in the box than I do in the hardware because like API says to like run this thing like knobs at noon. (laughs) And I mean, for the most part, like attack ratio and release are all at noon. And it's like, yeah, I'm running the ratio for a mastering compressor at five to one. And it's just, it's just fucking awesome. I really like it. Um, So I have that that's new. Um, I guess I'll do my rundown and I'll just say what's new. Um, I'm running everything off of a really old iMac. Um, 2015, I'm really holding out for like a new iMac Pro. Mm-hmm. but I don't know, like, who knows with Apple and the IC chip shortage and whatnot, like, what's going to happen. I guess they're making their own chips now, or maybe just, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Um, so, running everything off of that, everything then comes into the Lynx Hilo. I still use that for my monitor controller, and I think it's going to stay that way as much as... Like I've thought other ways about doing it. I think it's going to stay that way. Uh, the Lynx Helo then goes to um, like the first stuff in my chain, which is all my Manly stuff, the Manly Varymew and the Massive Passive. They're freaking awesome. Um, the Maslick MEA2. If you need to do simple sculpting and just like overall, just kind of like a little bit of pushing and nudging, do that. Otherwise, leave the heavy lifting to the Massive Passive. Um, it's also incredibly... Delicious in MS. Um, then I have the foot control system, P3SME. I've thought about selling it. I might sell it. I don't know if I'm going to sell it. <laughs> um, and then the Neve um, MBP. I thought about selling that like a few gear episodes ago, but I'm never selling that. <laughs> um, it does need a service, just because it's getting a little up there in age. But um, I think Neve we'll send you a loaner unit if you need it to get serviced or if you need to get it serviced, but it's like this close, like to Christmas. I don't like sending stuff all around and then you have NAM after Christmas and then they're using all their loaner units kind of for NAM. And so I'm going to probably wait until like March or so. And I might see if we can just do a little switcher roof until they get everything figured out. Um, but the foot control systems is pretty nice. Um, I normally use it to stage into the MVP. um, and then i have a uh then i have a custom vinyl um what's it called bah ba bah, bah. like d s r kind of thing high frequency limiter uh, acceleration limiter it's fantastic um that is custom made for me and i love it i hate the high end s is my least favorite letter <laughs> and then it goes into uh maselic m p l two which i love um criminal how expensive they are now but I don't recommend the dual mono one I recommend this one because you have a limiter and you have uh, like MS functionality in it Um, and then there's some transformers and whatever kind of like in the line if I want to like switch those in I normally am not anymore and then all that goes to the Crane Song Head Quantum the only thing that would make it better and I told someone this earlier this morning is if it had like a headphone out because I would totally just buy another one and just make like a little mobile rig if I traveled. Um, it's fantastic. I love it. I can't say enough good things about the Crane song head. I don't think I've ever said one bad thing about the Crane song head, except actually, I take that back. The freaking green light is so stupid. The first thing I did in it is I just like unscrewed the light cap and I just took out the light bulb and I threw it in the trash. I put the cap back. <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, but besides that, it is a fantastic piece of equipment. All of that is talking to, um, oh, y'all don't know. Uh, Y'all probably do know. Um, I got rid of, and by got rid of, I'm just not using, I'm never going to sell these. Um, The Proac 110s that I had and the Velodyne um, 10-inch sub that I have, I'm no longer using. I bought a pair of Key3s. I could do a whole episode on how much I love these speakers and how natural of a transition it was for me to switch to these speakers from what I was using. Um, So uh, next year, I think I'm totally going to try to get the BXT extensions for them. So like the lower subunits. And so I'm running like true stereo subs. Um, I honestly cannot tell you how lovely they are. Um if you're debating about getting them, the only thing I'll say is do not buy them new. They, they for some reason value like garbage. Like for I don't know why they're sold at 17, 18, 16 whatever thousand um, dollars. wait for the used prices. I think anything under anything under like 13,000 I think is good. If you can get it under 11,000, I think you're getting a steal. Um, I highly uh, recommend checking out a pair if you have not checked out a pair. If you've ever thought about upgrading, just save some freaking cash and just, you, you just you just have to hear them. Those are sitting on a pair of sound anchors that I've had since I've started this business and sound anchors are fantastic um, but I would gladly take lower subunits um, that hold them over sound anchors. <laughs> so um, anyway, I think that's currently what I'm running. Um, Let's see. Let me check my notes. Oh yeah, all of this is being tracked into a new mic pre. I, I, I have a new mic pre from the GML. I'm not going to quite get into why I switched out the GML, but during the pandemic, I found a guy in Texas who. Um, I don't. While I do not like clones, I do really like one to one replicas, and. This guy was working with one of the builders creators of the uh the mastering labs uh, microphone prees, and essentially they made modern day versions of the mastering Labs microphone prees um, and like the guy who created them essentially is signing off on all of them and Uh, sonically, they are identical from what I understand. And listening to this, and this is the first episode I've recorded with it, um, which, fittingly, the gear episode, I love it. They're a a tube. um, They're a tube. uh, Mic pre. They're very simple, very straightforward. And I think it sounds pretty good. You'll have to let me know what you think of it. You're like, you don't sound any different. It's like, well, I guess that's probably (laughs) the best thing that could happen. And it's like, you sound like shit. And it's like, well oh well Um, I also I'm not really like buying anything too much anymore like gear wise I'm kind of like done I'd still like to try a Burl the ADC I really would like to try it Um, that's kind of me I also what is it I was uh, my wife and I what were we binging the other night it wasn't Parks and Rec there was something before Parks and Rec that we were binge watching uh Crap, I can't remember Anyway I had a few glasses of scotch While we were watching that She <laughs> fell asleep on the couch And she went up to bed And I was on my phone And I was like Man, Sam's been really talking up These Olo headphones <laughs> And I was like I don't know And so like, I went on there And I, uh, I had a little uh, impulse buy That when I woke up in the morning I was like, oh yeah, I did that <laughs> Um, but the S4X is what I got. The same one as Sam. They actually just uh, redid the pre-order for the next version, which they say someone with like binaural or whatnot. Uh-huh. Um, I really didn't do much re- research. If Sam says he likes a pair of headphones, which Sam hates headphones, <laughs> like it's I true. can't understate how much Sam does not like headphones. <laughs> if Sam likes if Sam likes these headphones, I gotta <laughs> check them out, and so um, that's why I ordered a pair. <sighs> Um, I still have the little Labs um, microphone, not microphone, the headphone uh, pre. It's cool, but it's. Uh, I was I was traveling with it uh, a little while ago, and it's just kind of a lot to travel with. As far as like what I have my eye on, I kind of am looking at one of those Grace M nine hundreds. But I'm kind. Of, cool. But I'm debating on waiting it's like i don't know if they're gonna do something at nam to where i need to just be like hold on a second matt um and so i might hold off of like a few months uh until january i think is when nam is and i don't know we'll see we'll see if they roll anything out if not then I might hop on the M900 train. Because it's like you just, like I can 3D print a little tiny case for it and the wire, and I can just pop it right in my bag and that's good. There you go. As opposed to the little abs. It's like I got all these cords and all these like things and it's like, no, it's, it's, it's too much to travel with. So that's kind of that's where I'm at.
1: I had and I think s- that's the
0: gear episode.
1: I just had one <laughs> quick thing to say. Do it. Do it. Uh, Grim Cables. Which Matt got me into. Did you
0: upgrade this year?
1: No, I upgraded them a couple years ago, but I just wanted to give a shout out for my rig, because we went down a rig. And you cannot forget your cables because they do Dude, make seriously. a difference. Especially these grim cables that Matt got me on. Almost everything great, Matt. Has told me about. I claim next to nothing. I hope he likes these OLO headphones. Otherwise, <laughs> I feel like an idiot.
0: Yeah, you're you're no. normally the adopter when I, I get know. something. I got Hoffa first. I got the Hilo first. I had to get you
1: drunk from afar. You to... had the
0: massive passive first. <laughs> That's true. The, the, the massive passive was not a drunk yeah. purchase. <laughs> um,
1: um, yeah, but the Grim cables, G R I M M. Check them out. Uh, my favorite cables. Pretty much everything is Grim now. Um, so awesome cables. I've had them for a few years now. None of them have crapped out. Uh, the Shure EQ I was talking about is Shure M63 EQ, which is n- you can buy them for a couple hundred dollars. You can buy, buy a pair of them, buy a couple of them if you find them in good shape. Um, and that's it. That's the, only, that's the only two things I just wanted to say.
0: Yeah, Grimm is pretty good. Pro Audio LA is the only place in the States, I think, that sells them. Don't buy, like, the really high-end version of them. Just, like, the TPR, like, like Twisted Pair Reference or whatever it's called. Um, just get that, the TPR. It's perfect. Also, if you need another reason to buy them... Um, the impedance is uh, is like perfect that they actually are also – they're XLR cable, but they're also an AES cable. I use them to and from my Helo from the CraneSong head. Um, I actually don't do any conversion with the Helo. Everything is run through the head Quantum, and I'm running to the Quantum by way of AES um, through the Grim Cables. So, like, right now, I'm talking through Grim Cables, AES. And so they work, and it's kind of like a mind melt when you first think about it, but then you're like, <laughs> man, this is so stupid. Why did like, why do other people not do it? Well, they want to upcharge for an AES cable. It's just, it's a great company. I think it's, I think it's from, they're from Finland. Um, I actually have ordered spools of cable from them before, I like them a lot. I actually redid my whole uh, mastering backbone. Um, my buddy Angel, just like he did an incredible job. He rewired my elcos uh, on the back of the on the back of the patch with uh, with grim snakes. And the, yeah, they make snakes, um, not the animal, and. It just, it just, everything clears up. Like, if you just want to hear the piece of gear and you don't want to hear some BS cable in the way, Grimm's just the way to go. I cannot recommend them enough. Um, I almost don't want to tell y'all about them. They're, like, legit a secret <laughs> weapon, as silly as it sounds. I love Grimm cables. Um, and once again, for the second time, I think that's the gear episode. <laughs> yes. So, um do you have anything else, Sam? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm sticking to time. Love that. Um, if you loved this episode, which we know you did, this is the most listened to episode of the year. <laughs> if you love this episode, hop onto Apple, onto iTunes. Please leave this podcast a review. Um, screenshot this podcast and just post it on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever you are, on TikTok, whatever you're going to do. And just talk about how much you love this podcast. We just love seeing this thing grow. And honestly, you're like you, the listener. Y'all are the reasons that this podcast is the reason that like, like you are the reason it has grown. And so just thank you for that. Thank you for being you. Thank you for reaching out to us. Just like all the kind words and whatnot. Like we get people reaching out to us all the time. And it's kind of overwhelming. Um, but thank you. Um, it's really nice of y'all. Um, it's kind of weird because I'm not really good at taking compliments. And so... <laughs> Um, just thanks for being y'all if uh, if you like the beat in the background thanks Sam for it if you like this episode thanks Sam for it he's the one who puts them together and he does an absolutely incredible job so thank you Sam for doing that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I really couldn't be more grateful if you need a mastering engineer Sam can be found at Moses Mastering I can be found at for the record mastering we'd both love to master your record um, and to really just kind of put that final polish on it take it across the line um I mean, if you need a lot as hell, we'll make a lot as hell If you're not redlining, you're not headlining So, with that with the gear episode um, I think uh, I think that's about it So, morning, afternoon, evening Whatever you're doing Whatever you're having Have it a darn good one And Sam says I haven't said this in the past five episodes So, uh, cue the music Cueing. See y'all